than carnal love. Just being together. Seeing together all that's good and pure and rare and beautiful in the world. The glow of corn and the smell of spring. Summer rain. Autumn wind. Watching you wake. You sleep. Oh, my love, what is life if you live it alone? Oh, Jane. I knew this would happen. Marry me. Be my wife. Make a wish. Have a ball. Name only, I'll never ask you for more. You want it, you can get it, but to get you not love me. You've got to want it, anything you want to try. Of course, I love you. Just let go. This has never been just about love. But it has. And can only ever be. Will you walk with me? Of course, I love you. 
He's ready to begin it already. Smooth start of editing qualities. A marvellous time to be back in the studio. Fluffs it up with a silent spot of stupidity. Straight away. Professionalism. Nil. Back to the same old game. Can't trust anyone anymore. What's the, why is he doing his hands funny? He's all scared because he can't put his soundboard on. What's happened? Something's broken. There he goes. Push the button. Here we're in. Right. Done now. Oh my god, back back on the Muggy Bayonet show. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on, everybody? Yeah, look, what's, what's going what on? What's going on? We're dreaming, man. Jesus, what a start to the show. Good evening, everybody. It's Muggy Bayonet time, and I stand and deliver. Everything's kind of going on now. I'm getting there. Very good. Right, I'm in the room. I'm in the room. I was out of the room. Yeah, he was like, he wasn't quite with it about 10 minutes ago. I thought he was like, oh, what am I going to do now? I've got to talk. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's back in the room. You join us on an evening when there is a man standing in front of me that has Who? Is that lightning I'm, bolts I'm in a seat flying out of the end of his tips of his fingers he's on fire he's he's full of get the bucket spunk. of water on him quick what he's full of fire being the cynic that I am about energy man I can honestly say there is an energy emitting from this man that is 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 crazy full of positivity yeah. happiness glee and well deserved Whatever you, you want to say. Right, you lot. Tell us all about it then. Well, special things happen sometimes to some people when you don't think they'll ever happen ever at all, but it does and it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, basically had my very first art exhibition this Saturday in Hove near Brighton, just to be cool. And it. The whole thing was just an incredible experience. I have been sat in my room painting away 
Well, I've had three projects going on. I've had the video editing, which is a documentary and a music video. I had this thing for Radio 4 for the, called The Skewer, where I had to do audio clips and send them in. Um, and I had the paintings get finished for the art show. So a lot going on. So I was frantic for about two months. I've been completely knee-deep in just trying to get stuff done, facing what's in front of me. That bit needs doing, this needs doing, and just hopefully over time they'll all come together and I'll be able to take it down there, set it up, and have a show. Um, so I've been listening to this thing called Ken's Last Ever Radio Extravaganza, and I've been listening to that while I've been painting, and it's sort of set the mood for everything, really, and that's the, the beginning of the show was a tribute to that because um, he sort of uses his soundscapes with movie clips, so I decided... I'll have a go at doing an intro and have create a project to a tribute to Ken who's been kind of the sound for a lot of my paintings over the last month or so and um, I had this really weird time where I was so pressured but not even having time to think about the pressure but having so much to do that I've been this weird bubble this kind of compacted sort of pressure but I've enjoyed it but it's been really you know tiring a lot of late nights crazy I suppose you start feeling a bit crazy or disjointed from reality and a lot of things that happened before that was sort of a loads of epiphanies and breakthroughs and it's just been a weird mix up of sort of my life this last few months of like having a chance to succeed when you kind of failed quite a lot before you never got that thing you've ever wanted and it's I saw two versions of this that happened the Radio 4 thing went on air the night was it the night before my exhibition or uh, the night I got down to Rob's the night I got down to Rob's so I left I left my village with all my paintings in my car driving down the motorways with my life's work in the back of it thinking if a lorry crashed into this what how would I react <laughs> the, all these paintings being in smithereens and like probably gone ah, I kind ah. of probably would hope the lorry took me out with it you know so I had that weird thing going on thought of everything everything I had done with not even knowing really why I'd done it all but suddenly it was all together and I was going to get a chance to show it to people. Very nervous, very pressurised feeling. You're feeling a failure could happen, and, but not having enough time because I was so busy, not having too much time to dwell on that. Tidal wave of just doing, 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 doing. And the thing was, the night we got back from the exhibition, I turned on Rob's laptop and I went into GarageBand because we were going to record some silly noises. And in there was the Elon Musk show. And I pressed play and it was the edit that we played in the intro of me deciding that I was going to become an artist and I was going to sell my paintings and we asked the universe, told the universe that was our intent and that very night after the full circle of that very first moment was punctuated by hearing it again when it was completed a very mystical night very mystical strange night but so many things happened so many things happened in that that night and well, it was preparation and everything. It was like a... It was like... It felt like I changed. I changed as a person. It was... Um, like you say, it was like the perfect storm of things coming together at the right time and the same time. And, and not only that, working out beautifully and exactly, if not better than you could possibly uh, imagine. And that's never happened. 
I don't think it's ever happened to me. And that that sort of shift in me not being completely used to like things happening to me. Like something really great happened that night. And there's so many build-up. There's so, there's so many things that built up to it. I mean, it, even beginning when I was going to load the car, I suddenly had a thought: Can I take the back seats out to get more things in? So I went on YouTube and I found a method to take the back seats out. So I just had the front two seats in the car, so it became a flatbed. Everything packed in beautifully. Everything was safe. Everything was secured, and it all fit beautifully. So that was the first thing. Like that last-minute idea meant I could take stuff down so I thought I'd chuck a few others in the ones I weren't going to take so I kind of loaded the car up with more stuff so I get down there and get down to Rob's and uh, have a night with him I'm staying at his house so you know one of your oldest bestest mates yeah. in the whole wide world Perhaps so it's all part of the yeah. all part of the glorious uh, weekend and feeling yeah the guy I, I drew with the, the lad that you know we inspired each other. Inspired each other without even knowing it. I had a really, really weird realization. What if Rob wasn't around or and becoming his friend? Would I have been as dedicated to doing this? Would it have seemed as normal, or would I just sort of left it as something I did once? So having a mate like that is very important because unconsciously we've both done loads of work. Rob had an exhibition recently and did really well. He's Stuff his artwork's incredible. Our work works together in a weird way. It's different styles, but there's the same reaction when you look at it, the same I don't know, the same story's being told within the pictures so we get down to Rob's next day we set up driving to, into Hove and I hadn't seen the gallery I didn't know, I'd only seen photographs I didn't know how big it was whether it was going to be too small or too big, I didn't really know what to expect and got there and it was a perfect size and I just I'd look round and the walls were all wood. I could just put screws straight in and I got everything hung really quickly and it all fit perfectly. And I, by chance, it just fit. The whole wall got filled perfectly. There was two sections. I had one section for my black and white stuff and one section for my new stuff that I've been doing. And so it all set up. So I go back to Rob's, come back the next day for the opening... I had to go and buy loads of booze for it, didn't know what to buy, how much to budget for it, so I spent 80 quid on assortment of, of hospitality drinks to give to people when they came, not knowing if it would be too much or too little. And then we get to the gallery and we sort of... I'm trying to finish paintings off that need to be done. The night before, I made Rob finish off one of mine, um, doing network around one of the monsters, and it worked out really brilliantly. That was done, that was another project sorted, so less to do the next day. Got everything finally finished and hung, and then just as that happened, Ian Lee pops in with Catherine Boyle. Um, they they turn up and they're having a look round, and you know it's really nice. Had a good conversation, and then my kids turned up, and Ian bought two paintings. He bought a painting and a original drawing that I'd done. So first proper customer, I'd made enough money to justify me being there I'd cut I'd covered my costs not only that but someone who um, has been a bit of a I don't want to say hero because you've obviously developed a relationship now but you know there's a there's he's, he's been a big part of your well, like, mind and your the way you think yeah it's like when you say about Rob there's someone that was drawing with me his style of radio is someone I really loved and it made me 
realise that it can be done. And the familiarity of, of artists, I think, makes it a lot easier to realise it's doable. As long as people don't think there's scarce resources, because if you start thinking that, you, you're going to be in trouble. There's enough for everybody, but I think collectively, I think it helps that there's other people doing similar stuff, like the Ken's last ever red extravaganza. You know, it felt like my, my paintings, the way, he, the way he used audio. and, and um... So, yeah, I started off really good. Like That was, that was about five o'clock. The, the official opening was about six, and then everyone started slowly filling up. And um, I, I quickly, before that, managed to get to the pub. My mate Danny turned up, we went to the pub, I had a quick beer... And then little nerve seller, yeah, nerve seller, which I really needed. And then my friend George from Newcastle turned up that I'd only seen once since Newcastle, so that's what '95. What we now, I don't know. Yep. And he started telling me about these projects. He had this uh, lady with him, I can't remember her name, but she was lovely. And they were both into um, augmented reality and um, VR, and there were some sort of arts project doing all that and <clears throat> just before that I've been speaking to Adam who was telling me about this VR concept he had and he'd been building this VR stuff it was like flip it now a perfect match of two people so I got him to meet Adam and now they're involved in some project together wow. it was like a, it was a perfect match up between these two people that needed each other to do to do art with us so that was really good and then back in the gallery and everyone's my family were turning up and people turned up and a few people started buying stuff um, Mark, my mate Mark bought one of my fish paintings that everyone really loved that everyone was after so that was another one gone then some other hand drawings were, were done and and yeah I was like blown away I'd, I'd made enough money to be really really happy and then during the night I saw someone walk up to my most expensive painting <laughs> and write sold and put a red dot on it and wow. turned around and like it just swelled at me. I was like, no way. Uh-huh. And it was Dan's dad, uh, Larry. Oh, really? Danny does the music for um, Ian Lee, Dan Caruso. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Larry, I, really, I know really well. I've become quite good mates with him. I was like, flipping heck. Blimey. I'd made a lot of money that I didn't realise <laughs> I could ever do. Like, I think I've worked out that I made about... £4,700 in a night. Wow. Yeah. Blimey. No wonder you didn't tell me. <laughs> Wowzers. Yeah, mind-blowing. That is amazing. But my friends turned up and mate Chris turned up that I, you know, I wasn't sure if he was coming and the room was filled up and there was people coming in from the streets, this really sort of scruffy-looking guy with a big beard, sort of some George R. Martin-type bloke with tobacco, stained yellow beard came in. Yeah. And my boys kept saying, every time someone came in, my kids would go, go and talk to them, go and talk to them. They'd make me, I'd go, OK, OK. So I'd go up and ask them. Fair play. And um, it turned out he was some quite well-connected sci-fi uh, book cover drawer. I looked at stuff, really good, like, really yeah. good sort of... Kind of just, yeah, just the people that turned up, people coming on the street. Wow. Faded conversations, I was getting more drunk towards the night was going on. Yeah. But yeah, it was really good, really good night. Wowzers! That's you know, that's your, um, you know, that's your album launch. That's your, your uh, red carpet yeah. premiere, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, and it went absolutely amazing. I, I'm truly gutted I missed it. I really am gutted I missed it. And right up until about midday, I was still coming. But yeah, what? Well, uh, yeah. But hey ho. I don't be funny though. You've seen them. 
a lot close up in my house. Yeah, no, but to be a, be a part, no, 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 because I was really pleased for you because you were, you know, you were buzzing right up to it. It was, it was a, it was a massive day. I was even the bloke. I was ch- chatting to the bloke at work about it, and he said, um, I said to him, I said, I've got some, like because it was on the Friday, and. Uh, being the usual me that didn't sort of organise anything, I sort of, <laughs> even though my wife knew about it, she, I still hadn't necessarily catered for the fact that she'd organised for uh, herself to work and for uh, my daughter to go to the gym. Normally I would get to miss it, but she's got a big competition. So anyway, point being, I left it right up until the last minute, and when I was chatting to the bloke at work, he said, he said, I said, oh, it's really stressful. I said, it's, I've got such a long journey to get all the way there, get all the way back, because I've got something on the next morning, so I've got to be back. He said, oh, you've got to go, though. I was like, yeah, no, no, I've got to go, I've got to go. And then just as Saturday progressed. Um, okay. Um, it just got more and more busy, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter because otherwise I wouldn't be able to tell the story on the radio. So luckily... Well, it's it true, yeah. It's, uh, it worked out. <clears throat> every cloud and all that, but I'm still going to miss it. But, but ideally, I didn't have to go anywhere the next day, and I could have come down and had a proper drink, in which case I would have been there, but it was just that thing that I had. It's always the thing you have that is the thing that, that hurts you. stops you. Just these dreams. These dreams that come true.
And then what happened? Well, the dream. I had a dream, and a dream came true. That never happens in life, does it? Or does it? I actually had a dream come true. A dream come true. I'm in love with art. I have a mistress that has grabbed my brain and sent it into, like, absolute overdrive. I can't stop. I got home from um, the exhibition, packing up, driving back from Brighton to um, where I live. I just needed to keep painting. I had to get straight back on the canvas because I've been so used to doing it, I couldn't stop. And I, luckily, I've produced three new bits that I'm doing that I think are going to be really, really good. Seems to be developing a bit of an animal theme at the moment. Yeah, that's my theme at the moment. I did, the thing is, I did this. Re- I had a breakthrough, an epiphany. I bought these canvases from a charity shop. Like, they were like home sense ones that have like crappy art on it that's done with like almost like artex in and someone had done like a circle artex on this canvas so it was ridged I tried to sand it out but I couldn't get rid of it so you'd catch it in the light the only thing I could do with it was kind of trace and use that the circle on it as part of the image so I sort of saw a Pac-Man's face and an eye maybe put an eye in there and then it sort of turned into like puffer fish picture and had a fin on that and couldn't quite get the fin right so I had to paint that out and but I layered it with this pen work over and over. It's got these paint pens, and it, everyone wanted this bloody fish picture. <laughs> everyone wanted it, and it, it was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever done. And I just saw so many potentials of how I could do more and more stuff. And I'm probably going to rinse the animal kingdom for a, all well, it's worth for a bit. The, what 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 it what it does for you and for your art is, um, you know, you do completely kind of original and you know straight out of your imagination stuff but it's all kind of simple outlines do you know what i mean a lot of a lot of it is yeah. you know obviously the detail is in the is in the layers and the paints and stuff but the but it's simple outlines and you know so the whale you've done just looks amazing and and the potential and i see the fox yeah fox in uh, in progress fox is gonna be a good one i think everyone's gonna like the fox the um yeah it's just gonna create this whole new acid trip mm. for the animal kingdom Rob said something that made sense about some of these paintings are mother paintings and some of these are baby paintings so you've got like the elf one that I did that I, that I sold my stoned eight one they're very detailed paint works that some of them take six years six seven years to finish whereas these other ones I'm doing them the main structures in 24 hours and then adding to it over a few days to finish it off so the output I've got a method of doing quick artwork that I think is impressive and these other ones that are more kind of long term I'm glad you're listening <laughs> sorry I'm, sorry I'm running a show in the background yeah so there so what do you think about what I just said <laughs> I like the bit that you said sort of towards the end the bit at the beginning was pretty good the bit in the middle was was, was also pretty good and when you put it all together it, it all kind of made sense in the end well, that's what I liked go. about it so what I'm going to tell you about is the method that I had to adopt because you don't know how much time you've got it's hard to understand how sorry you I've got in. to do this you having a pee oh turn the fire off leave the fire on I like heat heat is good oh dark now that golden glow's gone the last thing you need is more heat man's on fire right and where was I before the fire interrupted my mire my mind uh what were we bloody talking about where have I been you were talking about these methods these yeah, new the methods method. that you're that you're 
So, as also listen to this Ken's last ever radio extravaganza, I suggest you go and find on some sort of podcast downloads, brilliant, or his website. I was into Alan Watts. And he, before I thought he was a bit watery, but actually he's pretty damn bloody good. And he had this thing about this method that I was sort of could understand about not planning. If you make plans, the devil's going to mess you up. If you try and make a plan, you're kind of try, con, trying to control the universe to a point, and it's not going to like it, so it's going to kick you. So the idea is to not... It's not about not being attentive to what you're doing. Hang on, hang on a minute. Yeah? £4,700. I didn't mention my radio four fee that I've got my derisory fee of 250 quid that I'm quite pleased about. Nearly five grand. Over five grand. I don't want to talk about money because it's crude, but it, it's, it um, is. Got to talk about this in the context of what this means to. M- no, of course not. Of course, it's not. really weird for me to experience money. I hate to. Uh, I hate to cheapen the experience. The the uh, the experience and the and the feelings you have inside. You would have done that if you turned up. But I don't know. Take the sting off of anything else as well, doesn't it? It does. Take, yeah. How- that's, that's the one thing I noticed. How do I feel now? I'm not pressure. Okay. Pressure for money. Right. Different. Also, not wanting to wee on your Rice Krispies. Yeah. <clears throat> What's next? Where's the momentum? momentum? What can you do? How can you? How can you maintain this? I have got so much momentum. You would have to get momentum laser to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's clear. That's yeah. clear. But okay. So, uh, uh, is well, stuff that you can talk stop. about. Stop. Next stop is the Brighton Festival, where my mate Adam, who's part of this whole plan. He got in contact with me three days after we did that talk that's on the Elon Musk intro that's the start of this show, that me saying that I'm going to become an artist and sell my, my paintings for money. Three days after that, he contacted me about, do you want to do an exhibition? And that's how it all started. Adam's interesting bloke, a really um, good friend. Was that the episode where we... Where we where we gave into the universe, gave yeah. into the secret? Yeah, the one before Elon Musk that was... Uh, What's it called? Well, let's hope, it's it's, let's hope that's <laughs> coming this way as well, then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you've, had, you've had some stirrings in your in your life that you could smile about, potentially, if when they kick off. So don't you come all gravelly with me. No, 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 not at all. You're no. doing all right. Not at Especially all. Especially when you're... Um, Whatever happens that might happen. Yeah. Yeah, that could be good. It could be good. Yeah, uh, yeah no, 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 no. I'm not downbeat about it at all. There's definitely been some some uh, some positive things, but um you know, you your what you've what you've experienced is my is my album release. Yeah. And uh Except and, it was uh, successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't flop. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, fantastic. Yeah, no, it's great. So, it's great. So back, that, back to my theory. Yeah. If you want to carry on talking, you can. No, go on. Because I'm going to be a while. What is your theory? Right, the theory of like not having a plan. So it's not about being scared or anything. You know the plan that's right in front of you, you've got to do right now. And it's a continuous stream that you have to follow. Absolutely. And it's just putting all your attention into that thing. You know you've got to do that, you know you've got to do that. And as you move on, you know which each task is. Somehow your brain's solved it into some time frame. So applying this method, I was finished at the right point, right at the end of 
the time I had. I allotted every moment I could and squeezed it all in for this method. And the very difficult thing to, to understand is to not have a plan. And the only way I understood it was when he said about a bowman, a man shooting arrows, that over time he'll always be trying to shoot the target and there'll come a point where it he just does it and it works and he knows how to do it. And I think that method of trying to do anything is so helpful if you can ride it because you can get so much done successfully and done right. Can't you, Billy? That's what could happen. Yeah, um, it's kind of making sure that you're not forcing it as well. I think yeah. I think part of my part of me, um, I've been in, I've been in real limbo in this last kind of couple of weeks, um, and I'm getting lower and lower. Uh, no, but but yeah, because because I've been offered a job and it still hasn't come through, and I'm kind of just sitting, and it's one of these jobs that is not only a good start as in extra money and a nice little sort of boost of a well, roll chocolate bar <laughs> but so you have an extra 10 pounds of the chocolate bar if you come and join us a, a boost of a roll so it's here yeah. uh, but funny sandwich uh that that it's kind of about, i've been thinking loads about it and i've been thinking you know this is a real opportunity for me to do grown-up things and and concentrate on it and it I'm I'm kind of quite aware a lot of that a lot of the things I've been doing when I've been really creative is I've been staying up till stupid o'clock <laughs> and I have to really fight I'm already the balance is out anyway I'm already kind of neglecting stuff that goes on at home and it's not good I can't I can't kind of maintain that it's not fair so not only that then having this job I just I'm kind of like I've got I've hit a I've hit a bit of a wall where I, I want to do stuff and I and I'm and I know I'm not going to stop doing stuff but I really do need to think about how much time I spend or how much time I the way I spread it out you know because what, what you need to do is do that job get your studio built shazam yeah but the shazam. studio there's the problem with the studio it, the studio is too is such a draw for me to only ever be down there it's too much it's like you might need it yeah no well I, I will end up needing it and it you know if, if it if it's too much so I've got to re- you know I've got to be mindful yeah of that. but then you just leave your job become a pop star like uh, Gareth Gates did well that's the whole point everything everything that you know all of this sort of like resurgence in me trying to get stuff done and spreading myself really thin and stupidly because nothing ever gets finished saying I want to do this and I want to do that and trying to do it all at the same time is no good uh, and but the whole point of me doing all of that was so that I could try and generate some sort of income so that I wasn't having to work so that I could actually just live off of that and then have the perfect existence the the freedom to create for eight hours a day and then time with the family or time doing things that you enjoy doing and uh you know so at the moment I've, with this job i just think maybe i should actually just put the brakes on for a bit and just try and work at that because i'm doing a job at the moment that's allowed me to think of all these things that's allowed me to let my mind race off at 100 miles an hour and uh that's gonna go because i'm not gonna have time during the day to do that so it's yeah it's just a weird it's a weird feeling so it's it's been a weird contrast to to you exploding with everything that we've talked about and everything that we've sort of spoke about in this thing it's uh it's 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 great to see it really really is great to see because you you have been there so you didn't see it i know i know but i've seen imagine but I've seen the build up to it and I've seen your you know your 
head being stuck in it and you know having a having an end goal and and having to get stuff done in time for it rather having than just churning stuff out you know dream. and that, it must be mad it's, it's quite mad for an artist because obviously you know you've got instagram and your instagram does quite well and, it's and not that great it's well 700 people blood go get yeah, bloody that, on my instagram you bloody that's idiots. A, you're in the kind of numbers now where it starts to become a little bit more possible for for a wider audience you know and uh, obviously the hashtag and all that you just keep you've got to be relentless with it but the point being for you to finally have uh, an outlet for somewhere not only that um, you get to showcase it live and you get to talk to people about it and you get to you know you get to interact with people and then now I know you had a lot of friends there but the people that walked in off the street they're now going to have had that interaction and they're going to have if they were impressed by your work which I'm sure they were and my press ups I was doing <laughs> um, so you know that it it's uh, you you had the absolute that's that's the dream in it and now like you say you've got this momentum you've met all these creative people that will give you <coughs> uh, give you a, a springboard to really really push it well, that's the thing the pirate gallery which is where I was um, it seems like there's a good possibility that could become quite a hub for art around Brighton I think yeah there's got potential there's a brilliant building it's a great layout there's potential for all sorts of cool stuff to go on there <coughs> So yeah, good on them. Good on everybody. I think well I, done. I think the, the point being for me, going back to what I was saying, that um, I, I I don't want to, you know I'm what I'm doing and this job and the offer of this job. If I get it, I'm going to be really happy. That's the thing. It's kind of like it's not like being happy is what you want to be exactly. And it's gonna it's gonna allow for it's gonna allow for up to me and how I how I do it. It's gonna allow for me to live quite a, quite a nice steady life without going too silly silly <laughs> so you know that's the point so it's 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 good but it is it is it is after everything it's that a we've good spoke, dilemma to have after everything that we've spoken about and all this time i sort of i feel like this week and the last sort of week and a half mm. or so is kind of like well actually even to the point where I've, I've i've had to consider even potentially knocking this on the head at some point yeah. just because it's just you know i need to be up early i need to be it's so and that and that'd kill me to give this up. I'd hate to do it. Kill you, really liar! Don't. You'd be slightly upset for about half hour, then you'd forget about it. No, I would. I would uh, be uh, talking about not having regrets. I would always look back and think, "God, oh, what a great little facility we had there to just mess about and talk rubbish for yeah. a couple of hours." For me to actually have to give that up, it's, oh, I don't really. I don't want to do it. Well, should we play a song so we don't cry? Let's, let's do that. Hooray!
Say some hellos to some people out in this in the internets. Hello, people out there. There's some people listening who we care about. Adam, Adam, the man that got the whole thing rolling. He might be listening with his one ear that works. Hello, Adam. Hello, hello, hello. Rob, he could be listening too. Imagine that. Has he got only got one ear? Adam, no, he's got two ears, but only one of them has sound in it. Should we flick the mono switch? Pardon? Should we hit the mono switch? Yeah, no, I don't get ill. <laughs> Sorry, Adam, that was a joke. I <laughs> that was taken as it was meant. Um, so he's the man. He's the man who set you up and made you happy. Who? Adam. Yeah, made me very happy. And also Rob made me very happy when he tickled my testicles with his lips. No, he didn't. That's a joke. <laughs> and, That's um, what, what friends do. And I got to see Morris, who I've seen for years, and Lindsay, and he and his family, and that was really nice. Looked really well. Good to see him. It's like there's a night of immense hugs everywhere. A lot of hugs being given out. A lot of a lot of love in the room. Good. Good. I loved it. I really did love it. Uh, Rob, if you want to know who that last tune was, it was Billy's dad. That was my dad. 
Dug the last song. From his old band Flint, the one new faces in 1978. And they should have won it in 1979 too, but Coal Miner Strike stopped it. So, uh, yes, that was me, old man. Yeah, very good, isn't it? Having people that do stuff that is good. Yeah. But I had a dream come true. Imagine that, people. A dream that came true. It was true, it came, and it was a dream, but then it was real, and I was in it, and I experienced it, and it was... It's a good feeling to have. Following your dreams. They're over there. Keep walking. Keep walking towards them. It's, it's a big, good old hike of the dream. It likes to walk a bit faster than you, but eventually, over time, it gets tired, because you've got more endurance. It might seem like it's spread off at the beginning quite a long, long way. It's got good starting pace, but as time goes on, it slows down and you catch up because you want it more than it wants to get away. And that's how you get your dream. You keep on going after it. So uh, achieving your dream hasn't stopped you rambling, then? I like walking. <laughs> Everywhere. Oh. So, yeah, great, great that was. I'm glad. I saw my friends from Brighton as well. They all turned up, and all the people in the art club turned up. Jim was there. Oh, Kate, Anna, their boyfriend and girlfriends, and the people I met. Lots of people. Lots of people there. So, <clears throat> are you? Uh, are you? Do you sell prints as well? Goss was there. No, I don't sell any royalty. Uh, do you? Are you aware of the um, balcony shirts service? Yeah, bloody good. No, of the service that they do where they basically set you up a side shop and you give them the designs you want for your different T-shirts and then you just they they pay you a commission on the T-shirts they sell. Well, what I noticed is that I might just try and do paintings because I find it easier just making originals than doing prints. Yeah. And... um but if I ever did them, I would go to Scott because he's bloody good. He's very good. Very good. He's got good eye, that boy. He's got good design talent for record sleeves. They're like instantly warming and feel old and like full of a bit of gravitas and soul. Not easy to do, especially this day and age with all computer games and, and magic mushrooms <laughs> fuzzing up the people's minds. What can you do, eh? What can you do? What you got to do? Follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. That's what it seems. Go do it. It's a time... What are we talking about now? Let's talk about something completely different. Billy, have you had sex in an oven? Have you ever danced with a stranger in a lift? Are you into times tables? Have you seen a calculator that impressed you? Only if it's on a watch. Your turn. I was once in a lift with Gary Rhodes. Is he? Oh, chef. Yeah. Chef with a face. Yeah. Strange face. I've never uh, been, did, I've you been... see, did you see John Holmes's tweet today? What colour was it? Well, I, I saw it today, but I think it was like two days old or something. All right. I'm going to find it. So talk amongst yourselves. Russell in so it was to do with it was to do with celebrity encounters, right? Oh. And and like the most surreal celebrity encounter that you've that you've ever had. And John Holmes met is a corker of one. I said I've met him in a room in London. I've sung to him in a room in South London. We are like brothers. Uh, where is it? Well, it, London. It's, it's brilliant. Okay, so. Some bloke tweeted, What's the most surreal encounter you've had with someone famous? Been thinking about this all day. Mine was looking up was looking up while riding a bucking bronco in Liverpool last year and seeing Hugh Grant looking at me, who then stuck his tongue out and then just shrugged. Well John Holmes said 
I was at Osby, Ozzy Osbourne's house, and while Sharon was on the phone to Paula Abdul, being indiscreet about Simon Cowell, at volume, Ozzy and I watched Deer gazing at the bottom of his sweeping lawn. They're Deer, said Ozzy. When we moved in, I thought they were effing camels. <laughs> now, camels. If that's true, that's like the most mad dream, let alone reality. That's, that's a dream come true. That's a nightmare of, come true, but a good nightmare because you enjoyed it. Talking of dreams coming true and all that. Wow. I've never had a, a, a disco in a barnyard. So, we're going to go early with this, then, I think. 11 o'clock. Yeah. Billy did this one. I did the start. Billy did the middle. Go for it. Oh, uh, what? You want me to play it now? Well, okay. I don't know. I thought you were doing it. Yeah, I was. I was going to set it up, but don't Yippee. worry about it. Go on, tell us about it. There's nothing to say. It kind of just ties in with what we've been talking about. The worst thing for creative people is to not be creative because they just die. And it, because it's, 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 it's like maybe you're a tree with a few major branches, you know? That's your personality. So if you're extroverted, man, you can't be cut off from people because you just wither. And if you're agreeable, you have to be in an intimate relationship or you die, you know? And if you're conscientious, man, and, you, and you're unemployed, you're just going to eat yourself up because you have to have a duty and you have to carry a load because you just can't stand it otherwise. And open people have to be creative. They have to be because otherwise they die. They don't have any vitality. They're cursed with the necessity of putting a foot out into the unknown and making sense of it. And then they're also cursed with the necessity of trying to make a living while they're doing that, which they can't because you can't. It's almost impossible to monetize creative creative action, as many of you who are creative will no doubt find out. It's very, very frustrating. It's not that creative action is without value, right? Because the creative people are entrepreneurs and the creative people revitalize cities and the creative people make things magnificent and beautiful. You think about what's happened in Europe over the last thousand years, say two thousand years, this amazing, unbelievable collaboration to make things so beautiful that they're, they're jaw-dropping when you walk into them. You think about the economic value of that, right? I mean, I think it's, it's either France or Spain that's the most visited country in the world. It's one of those two. I think there's more tourists in France than there are people most of the time. And part of the reason for that is it's just so damn beautiful. You just can't stand it. And you think, what's the economic value of that? It's absolutely incalculable. And what's interesting, too, is that you build that beauty in, and then the farther away you get from it in time, the more valuable it becomes, right? Instead of decaying, it has exactly the opposite effect. Its value magnifies. And one of the things that I'm deeply ashamed of as a Canadian is that our sense of beauty is so underdeveloped and so primitive. It's not even primitive. That's the wrong word. You know, I don't know what it is. It's second rate, it's second rate at least. It's terror too, because people are afraid of beauty, but the idea that art is... The conservatives really have a problem with this in particular because conservative people tend not to be that creative. And it, it's a mystery, mystery by temperament. It, it's a mystery to me because they should be concerned with economic development and beauty is so unbelievably crucial to economic development that it just yells out at you, you know? This is, this is also... At- a deep evolutionary truth, which is that all of the innovations that allow, whether we're talking about one creature learning to do some new trick that gives rise to a bunch of species that do the same trick, or whether we're talking about populations discovering a new way to live uh, on Earth, all of these things proceed from the fringe. 
right? The people at the center for whom things are working best aren't going to be the ones to innovate the new way. It's people for whom things are not quite working that are going to innovate new ways. And that, that's also true for a population of frogs or birds or plants or whatever. The ones that are not well-situated are the ones where an experiment can pay off. That's why Hans Eysenck, a psychologist, wrote a good book called Genius, and he was interested in what predicted high levels of creative success. And some of it's what you'd expect. IQ is one of them, and creative temperament is another. But losing a parent before the age of 10 was a nice predictor. Hmm. And, you know, people think about creativity as if it's all sweetness and light. It's like, no bloody way, man. If you're going to be creative, it's because you're tormented by a problem. Right? And so if you're not in a position to be tormented by a problem, you're not going to put in the time and effort and take the risk necessarily necessary to be creative. going on that you have the time to just simply be that negative and, and do it in this world and universe. What's is that cool, what it is? What's cool is, it? is being negative. The negative train. Right. Because that's what's cool. It's not cool to be positive. It's not cool to be happy. I don't think people understand how valuable they can be if they use their time correctly. Really? I find a light in every dark is because I'm genuinely happy. I'm happy. And I'm not happy just because of the success. The success acts as a bonus. I'm happy because I truly know the definition and the feeling that comes with happiness. I truly know it. I felt it. I felt it when I said, yo, what really makes me happy? And I look at Heaven and Hendrix and I look at Zoe. I look at my wife. I go, yo, the family shit when I was coming up. Yeah, I got one. I got one. Look what I done did. Look what I built. These people depend on me. I provide for these people. That makes me happy. Happy when my daughter comes up. Dad, you're not only my dad, you're my best friend. Yo, I'm happy. That's my world. So everything else from the outside that comes in, you're, you're throwing shit at a, at, a, at a bubble that can't be popped. Mm. It's a force field around me. It's a force field around me because what matters, what really matters, loves me wholeheartedly. And when you have that and you understand that, you're unbreakable. You can't, you can't shake that when you're an individual that's seen that and understands that. If you've never felt that, if you have no idea what that feels like, and it's easy to shake you. Being broken is not a hard thing. It's not a hard thing. So those that do get broken, those that do get down, those that do get depressed, I understand. I understand. I, don't, I also understand is that the encouragement that can come from so many can add value for those that may need a little push. Mm-hmm. That may need a little, hey man, pick your chin up. It's so easy to be that positive reinforcement for somebody and add value. But some people choose to throw that aside and kick while you're dead. Mm. I try to put out the light of positivity. Somebody probably needed to hear that. 
the more that I can give that out and I can take my platform to throw good energy out, I'm doing my part. Because there's so many that throw out the complete opposite. Yeah. I don't want to be a part of that. Drag the ocean, man. 
and let the waves go back out to sea. To see the sea. To see the seaside, to see the sea. So I've been in the sea. Being as um being as you're a man on fire, what else have you there must be something else, surely. Which oh, what's happening with the Imani Coppola stuff? Um I'm gonna get back on that now. Now I've got two down, third one to go. Sidetracked for a little while, eh? Well, so I had to, it's you had, you had to put it down for a bit as well, yeah. didn't you, to be fair. Got to make it better. Yeah, it's the same with mixing a track. It's like you could sit there for hours and hours and hours just li- listening and listening and listening, and then it's like, oh man, it gets to the point you can't even. Rec- you don't even what know done. what it is. You can't. You can't even tell what it is, no. and your <clears throat> your ears have a have a um, their own compression. Yeah, they have their own kind of compressor where where in the end it just numbs, so you're not getting all the frequencies anyway. It's just compressing it down into just this. Just yeah. so I've been long enough away from it, so I'm going to rewatch it and then take notes and then see what might change. But it's nearly there. You know, I've not got a great deal to do. That'll do you good to do it that way. Yeah, so I'm glad I've had a break. I think it'd be good for the project, and obviously I had to just get stuff done. But I just had some. Uh, the whole night, the whole thing, the whole months ahead, it's been like a transition of me. I don't feel like I'm the same person. My energy is so different. It, uh, the way I feel inside myself, is there's like a different brain that's in there now. It's weird. I can't quite explain it. Um, it feels, it feels like, it feels new. That's what's interesting. It feels really new, and um, these experiences are new as well that's come along with it you know, very, a very new experience for me the one I can't it doesn't even make sense to me yet like how well sort of a thing I did happened and all I'm thinking about is what to do next I'm, I'm infused to create more and but and during the night I was just, just getting I really enjoyed just talking to people and, and being really surprised when they sort of told me about my stuff and just like hearing stuff I kind of hope people would feel about the work and as the night was going on I was getting a bit more and more drunk and I sort of started giving stuff away and um, my first cash that I actually got was a £90 um, hand-drawn frame picture so I took that cash immediately to the guy that owned the place and gave him that as just, you know, Thanks. Oh, thanks. And then um, later on, his mate wanted to buy a, a painting, so I got him to donate the money from the painting to the, the place. And then a few people that I really liked, I just gave some artwork away towards the end of the night, and um, it was just nice giving stuff for free. I had a really nice moment where um, my mate Morris's daughter said she really liked this picture of a cat. And um, it's, a, it's a painting I'm not... Um, I wouldn't be too worried about giving away because I think it it needs to go somewhere, and um, so I just said, right, hold your arms out, and I took it off the wall. And I just said, right, wider, wider, and then I just sort of pushed the painting like into her hands. I said, take hold of it; it's yours. It was like I felt just really good, just giving stuff away and like making someone feel happy. And um, you need to stop drinking at your uh, get, at your exhibitions. It's good though because I I like, I'd made enough. Like I'd done more than I could expect, and. The ability to be able to give back, which when you broke, you don't have that option as much. Having that option was really good. Really good.
Yeah, I keep cheapening it, thinking about the the, the profit. But yeah, no, it is. It is a good thing. It's. it's yes. uh, there's almost. I think sometimes it, it can be a bit of imposter syndrome as well because you sort of think, I just did this and I really enjoyed doing it. Why would I? Hmm. necessarily want to monetize it in that way and I know it's a bit airy-fairy but there is a there is an importance in that as well but at the end of the day this is exactly what we've spoken about being able to not have to hopefully rely too much on your boring day-to-day stuff that doesn't bring doesn't buzz you to to actually making a living out of something that makes you feel alive and makes you feel hmm. it's that cliche you live in the dream like hang on a minute uh, that's all a bit of that have just happened is it is it possible to live the dream is it possible for you to enjoy your life so it's brilliant all the time or mostly or even if it, when it's not brilliant it's kind of nourishing to a point is it is it is it possible to have a great life is it is it something that happens can it be true it might be true the great lives exist anyone out there with a great life do you know anyone with a great life? Imagine if that was you. You got to have the great life. It it, it works out. This contentment is the ultimate. It's the balance of not of having everything you need and just a little bit more. That's that's surely the the ultimate of. And it's not just about monetary, although in this modern world, it's kind of one of the most important things, especially if you've got a family and stuff. But the, but the. You know, if you don't have a family, you, there is an opportunity for you to live this bohemian life. You can kind of, you can actually drift through fruit, drift through life. But when you've got dependents, you yeah, it's a different of, strategy, isn't you it? Have to, you have Completely. to play play the game differently. Yeah, and so it's a long game. If that game then becomes as a result of you selling your art in whatever form it takes, then that's got to be the. Uh, for us, for the for the way we think and the way we do things and the way the things we want from life, the be the ability to balance your creative life and your domestic life, I guess. Yeah. And that that balance is where the contentment comes from. And the relief, imagine the stress relief, like having a lot of those tight prisons that you can't get out of I mean you're stuck in the contract of bills and wages and um, most people that um, isn't balanced it's, it's, it's in favour of you being in debt struggling or just making it every month and not having the thrills and spills that most humans need to have just to I don't know, yeah, be sane and um, yeah, having that sort of glimmer that maybe, maybe that that could be taken away, and you could sort of start to have a bit of power to plan your life and sort of construct the way you want to do stuff. Money is personal power for a lot of us. It's the only way we can use the mechanics of life because we we have to have exchange tokens for the machines to work. It's the uh, it's the kind of the, <clears throat> the potential to actually live that sort of bohemian life when you can fund your life with that 
that stuff that you enjoy doing where there's no true schedule you're just doing stuff because you enjoy doing it you can get up at 12 and you can't stop doing it as well that's take the kids to school you know well, they're too old for that well whatever but the, you know they're embarrassed <laughs> yeah take them to work um, but you know having that not having to follow that clock that 9 to 5 that mm. you know just really get up and create and create create and and make people happy when they see these creations you see a lot of it in the I listen as we do listen to Joe Rogan and I listen to the Bill Burr podcast and Bill Burr talks about it you know he talks about I realised that I just get to follow my own schedule he goes on tour and he has to he has to apply his trade and he has to go out and, and practice his stand up but at the end of the day he he's does like it, a free range animal isn't he does it on his terms we're all farmed and there's a few free range deer running around isn't there well there's a few that found a hole in the fence yeah and went to the woods just lived off the land with no clock lived they lived off their smarts their smarts and their skills oh, which you know we all do yeah um in one way or another what, but going back to what I was saying about this potential job is that I know that the position I'm going to have is still going to allow for that creative streak in me it's going to be able, you know it's not just about going in and being told what to do it's about coming up with solutions to problems and sorting things out and being um, being the person that has to implement that sort of stuff and it does speaks to the way I think and, and so I still feel like I'm going to... Um, I'd like to think... Let's see. Take fingers crossed and touch wood. It's like a better version of where you are at now. Well, then, That's no, there's, a man, there's such a big difference because where I'm at now and what I'm doing right now, I don't have to think about what I'm doing during the day. It's so... You might become really clever because of it, like, as opposed to now. <laughs> <laughs> Even cleverer, you mean? Yeah. Imagine, like, you'd be there to, like, actually organise things properly. <laughs> 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 so that could be like, oh, the wiring of Billy, right, we need to get him to this job in order for him to become a genius, because if he doesn't organise his brain properly by working in this office job that's going to pay him loads of money to but, do it and be relaxed and pay off his bills, he won't ever get to the stage where he could actually become a musician because he'd be too disorganised. So get him in this role, get him rich, then get him off. The beauty of that's this... the plan. The beauty of this trajectory is that that thing I told you about before where... Um, you touched that gorilla in the mist. I just walk around chucking my ideas out in the air <laughs> people, people behind me are picking up my socks and writing the ideas down and implementing them that's where so I see myself so get yourself in this job fix your brain I need to get myself up to that stage I need to I need to have become clever I need to have my own office and I need to have a personal secretary probably called Deborah or something or like Cynthia. that Cynthia <laughs> um, no I think I, I, I think I'd rather a Lynn actually from uh, uh, for Alan Partridge the man on the market stall. Lynn, take these notes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's 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 that would be you know. It's probably what you have to go through in order to become a genius musician. I reckon. Seems right. Seems like the right decision. Seems like you can go on the right path. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I just need to those those so that side of things. I just need to streamline it. I just or need to be really write a really good song. <laughs> well, I have written a really good song quickly though, because you're tired it out before you got to this job that's going to be hell forever. No, I, I've well, let's see, but um, 
I'm going to play this song now because I played it again. I played it last week. Oh, don't play TV. You can't do that. No, no one no. was listening, Daniel. No they one were, was listening. We've no. got a new audience this no, week. No, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's going on? We've got five listeners. We had last week. We had two we listeners. None. If you play a song you played last week. Well, then none. Of these. This is new to these. But basically, last week didn't happen. Yes, it did. And I had this what really last week. We weren't here last week. I had this really great experience on a train. Oh, all right. Have it, have it your own way. This is his inspiration, I suppose, his dream. Maybe there's a, 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 a message inside this song for Billy to make his decision and find a plan. So I got on the train, I got a notepad and I got a pen, and I knew I was going to be up and down on the London underground. He was going the to the Pogo Stick Convention. Best part of the day. And so I used my pen and pad to write down observations of just anything I'd see I tried to adapt that songwriting style of you know the likes of Paul Simon I guess and Bob Dylan and uh, George Harrison people that you know would would just of John Lennon even you know just write just you know a line in a newspaper and then looking over and seeing the kettles boiling or whatever you know that type of on the train and so I did that on the train and, and every kind of line was like a line that that was triggered by me witnessing something seeing somebody as I like to call it, using my eyes. Earphones in. And uh, and so, yeah, I wrote this song, and I'm really proud of it. And I think the words are some of the best I've ever written, and it was by developing a new, or trying to work on a new style that, that worked. And in the end, these nonsense lyrics... Is this a different version? Actually, mm, yes. I'm sure you fiddle with this. It fiddles with everything. No, I think this is the one. Fiddles with Uh and um, I could put the other one on, I suppose. No, I put the new one on. All right. Jesus Christ. Oh, no, this is the last week's one, yeah. What? This oh, is the last week's one. one. Yeah, same Lazy. One. Yeah. Uh, better. And um, so, in the end, these nonsense lyrics, they they kind of gelled together to make some sort of narrative, which, to be fair... is a load of crap. ...was hanging in the air. Oh, it was, right. that, that It was actually, you know, it's in my mind, there's a lot of stuff going on politically at the moment that is just ridiculous. And uh, I guess... I felt like I was soaking up the vibe and these nonsense lyrics just all sat into this frame of mind. So this is I a song... I think I remember I liked it. ...called I Wish They'd Tell Me When. OK. When. Now.
Ocean takes more time to understand The winds they keep on blowing out these lines drawn in the sand You scratch your head and wonder as you're sinking further down The animals get caged when the circus comes to town Something tells me we might need to ride that wave again Well they tell me it gets easier, I just wish they'd tell me where Resistance as a shelter, some use it as a sail. Sometime when this is over, surely something's got to give. I can't speak for everyone you meet, but you can love the ones you're with. Something tells me we might need to ride that wave again. They tell me it gets easier, I just wish they'd tell me where.
you need to create some space. Mm. Space. That's the thing. Like when you want to really do something, you have to get a load of stuff out of the way. Like if you really want to do something, there's so many things that your habits, just things that know, negative things that are going to stop you doing what you need to do, and you need to just like fight for your life as if you're fighting for your life to to do these things it takes a lot of effort I think to really go out on the fringes and try and support yourself a lot of effort it's difficult there's not many avenues to have it as a job um, and there's no one really to tell you how to do it but the one thing that I love is is the actual making of these things. I, I sort of look at these creatures I've, I've made and sort of look and think, how the hell did I make that? I've got no idea where that came from. I kind of, I don't plan anything. These creatures sort of come out. I, I just, there's an intensity when I'm drawing. I'm so focused. I'm, I'm so looking into the small detail that I'm not aware of the bigger picture, and I'm sort of filling bits in. And, Somehow it kind of connects to the next bit and the next part of the... Say it's, say it's a rhinoceros, its back muscles would be kind of maybe done with dots and and lines of paint and trying to construct it. So there's a power within the structure of the bones and the, the, the muscles and a nice feeling in the eyes so you can connect with the animal in the picture, you know, where, where I put each brushstroke. How do I do it? I don't know. I've got no idea why I send a swipe this way, that way, or why I'm going to put that bit in marker pen. I've, I've got no clue. I, just, I don't... When people ask, were asking me about where it came from, all I could say was, it's how I feel. There's no... There's no story to it. It's how I feel. is like, that's, that picture just kind of sums up... I don't know how, how I could look at it if I looked at a picture and feel the same. That's what those pictures try to be, sort of... Some sort of, I don't know, feeling that you might. of a painting is very strange very strange when you think about we were once animals we wouldn't have a, even need a concept for a painting an image that it means something it's a trick it has to be a trick because it's not natural you, you condense in a reality into sort of structures of colour on some flat surface often flat surface and you move these colours in in patterns that sometimes look like things that are real and there's some people that can paint and they're ultra real you look at it and you, it looks, looks like a photograph but they're not real they're, it's just it's, it's not a person in that picture it's a flat canvas just with oil that's of different shades but you look back at the picture and you see a person, you can see the feelings, you can sometimes see the history, you can implant so many memories into the picture of what you think that really is. But it's it's not there. That human isn't in that picture, that animal isn't there. That, that monster I've painted isn't a monster. But you think it is, you see its personality, you see 
You see stuff within pain. But they're not there. But somehow it is. It's in your head. It's weird, though, isn't it?
Oh me, oh my. I just love that country pie. That was incredible, Danny. What a choice. I've got to find that. I've not heard that before, and I've not heard about that concert before. It was live in Sydney. People playing together perfectly, like not a bum note or anything. Well, well, it was interesting you should say that, because I was listening to that. I, actually, I listen to music. When we're listening to music together, I, 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 I seem to kind of do this more or I'm more aware of it, is that I'm listening to it, I'm trying to contemplate the difference in the way that we're listening to it, because mm. I'm hearing, and it's it's difficult to kind of say this next bit without sounding like a bit of a knob, but that was <laughs> such an amazingly tight band, But and I was listening to that bass, and there was not one part of that bass that I wouldn't have been able to have played, and I was just thinking, like, and, and I was hearing it, and I'm and I'm listening to it, and, I'm, and in places he was going where I expected him to go, bearing in mind I've never heard that song before, and in other places, you know, I was thinking, oh, I would have done this there, and it 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 it's like I'm here, I'm I'm hearing and I'm seeing it in a different way to you are and it's really that's really fascinating to me and I feel like sometimes and again this is going to sound like a really tosser thing to say it can be a curse because sometimes you can hear things in it that you don't like and whatever else and actually you're not listening to it in the same way and sometimes I wonder it does put you at a disadvantage as much as it can do an advantage I mean there is no advantage because it doesn't matter to you it's still music yeah. I just hear it differently it's really it's really strange I'm, I'm but, not I'm not a big Elton John fan, but I found that concert. I had it on cassette. I think I borrowed it from Dunstable Library and never gave it back. I had it on cassette, and I couldn't grasp how... The, but virtually the whole of that, that live performance is just note perfect. Yeah, as, like, tight as, as tight as you like. In fairness, you know, that's a very, very, very well-rehearsed band. That yeah. is, you know... And but it doesn't feel like it's rigid at all, does it? No, no, no. It's, oh, it's total. They are, they are totally in the moment, and that's yeah. that's a really interesting point you make there, actually, because obviously they were performing with the Sydney Philharmonic Orchestra. Now, the Sydney Philharmonic Orchestra, good. probably, I reckon. Uh, even if this is not true, I don't know whether it was a tour or whether it was just a one-off show. There's a pretty good chance that the Royal Philharmonic possibly had a couple of rehearsals but there's no question that they Bloody could have, lots they could have turned up on the night with the sheets of music and played it exactly like that and that's really interesting because you've got the two sides of that, you've got the band element. Now, I didn't think about that when you said that that band are really well rehearsed and they're surrounded by an orchestra and they're surrounded by an orchestra and the orchestra are following that music is, is that's really I love that because and all of them are doing it. That music wasn't written in a way that was that where you would score it out to you know you would write the music notes out. That music very likely was jammed. Mm-hmm. It was very likely you know just throwing some ideas down. Nobody was sitting there thinking right. I'm going to write this. I'm going to write it out and and it's in we're going to it's in staccato or it's in whatever you know. Yeah. There's names for everything. There's you know. So There's the a whole theory side of it to it, and so that song has gone from being a, 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 a just someone sitting in front of a piano jamming it out, saying to the band, "Yeah, look, these are the chords," and the band sort of coming together probably and playing. With a hum, didn't it? Rehearsing. Well, probably not because oh. it's Elton John. Obviously, he's uh, you know he's <laughs> going to be sitting at the piano, and Bernie's going to be sitting by his side. But the you know the point being that you've got the you've got the absolute mix of the purist, the theory, the absolute virtuoso playing and then the raw learning your bedroom 
played in your garage, did yeah. some gigs, you know, it's, it's, it's those two sides. And they're synergetic, they're both like fit with each other. I mean, other. I assume probably Elton John must be classically trained in, to some level. Seems like, but probably, knows, probably he was. really clever. But oh, brilliant, his fingers. But regardless, you know, I love that. This, um, the, the famous, uh, what's it called? The famous Elvis uh, concert in Las Vegas when he was fat towards the end and he did uh, Suspicious Minds and that band yeah, that's in good. the background in the white outfit is it yeah 69 yeah uh, no 70 78 or something like that oh, right. In the right, uh, no he started in 77 didn't he so it would have been like 75 did maybe 78 then. <laughs> and uh, it was um, yeah so it, they, yeah just that's exactly the same thing but they had an orchestra with them. again those, that orchestra would have been Bloody good. Brought in and the music would have been written out. We can't go on. And not necessarily written in the way it was written. Suspicious, man. It's suspicious. suspicious man. But that, that telepathy that goes on in a band that's that, that, yeah. that's that tight. You can't even, like, put that on a shelf and call it Kevin, can you? You couldn't. If oh. you could bottle it, it would be... Uh, it's fizzy. the ultimate. I, 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 I've said it before and I'll say it again. Hamsters. If you've ever played in a really tight band nope and it's absolutely cooking when you're playing together that feeling of all being part of that overall sound that's coming out that's absolutely kicking it out there and it cannot be faulted that is special and that and the relationship between a bass player and a drummer i played the bass and we had a really great drummer we, well, I'd bounce on it, bounce off him, and also, <laughs> poor lad, yeah, his legs. <laughs> also, when I was, oh, when I was like twenty nineteen twenty. When you were nineteen twenty, <laughs> I was. Like, well, you were a year in history. <laughs> <laughs> when I was nineteen twenty, um, I started World War One. The, there was another band that we used to kind of be around, and they were oh, far yeah. superior musicians <laughs> to to me, but. It was there as a like a it was it was they were just above where you were just kind of like reaching out to it and being surrounded by them and then that drummer ended up being the drummer in our band and so then I always remember feeling slightly kind of inferior to him because I knew what a great drummer he was and he just brought the best out of me and then in time it got rehearsed and it got rehearsed and before you knew it it was so super tight your brothers that, that, that there was a there would be a nod a nod a split second nod and he would hit a snare at a slightly different time. Catch the rabbit. And I knew from then on that we the groove was going to change. We had a baby called Stephen, and I was, and I'm going to follow that groove. I'm, and I'm on it. And then the look <laughs> afterwards, when you know that you've just done that, Beautiful. is is that's a that's a real connection. The, that is, cannot be. Like brothers in the system of uh, you can literally put a sound. spoon in it and eat it like ketchup. Yep. Well, that's a very good story about how brothers in a band can actually perform better things than without them being together. Well done, story. Good you on that one. I liked it. Thanks a lot. What are we doing now? Half past course two. Let's play a song for you. Okay, then Sick. we will use this one in a minute. When I found it, I'm just going to oh, do this. I'm going to put. I'm going to play. Actually, I'm going to do this. What's this? I'm going to talking to my old band that I used to be in. Oh no. oh yes actually this is me when I had a cold when I was about 20 which is the real noise 
Bloody winter. While we're living, eh? The dreams we have as children fade Come away. Come true. Luckily. While we're living. Dreams we have at any time in our lives can come true. That was um, that was my old band back in the day. That was where your hopes and dreams were flourishing. Had a meeting with, uh, well, kind of had a meeting with um, Paul Rossi and Jonathan Ross's brother, Adam Ross. When? Well, he was kind of interested in managing the other band that we used to knock about with who ended up being our drummer. And uh, he... Uh, he was kind of chatting to them and then we met up and he heard our stuff and he was sort of interested and uh, it was all just before we had a big route and then didn't speak for about five years Alfie sent me a text can uh, you, when you get back can you put my green champion sweatshirt on the radiator and probably have to charge my phone oh talk about don't give me any time what is wrong with you uh Carry on talking about something else until we need to talk about that. Rob's done some nice artwork tonight. That's pretty good. He's building He's sets from our future exhibition. We're going to build this walkthrough storybook that's going to be a fantastic voyage of the mind and soul and happiness, enlightenment, and a way to tickle your brain to think things are going to be great and you, you can achieve anything. That's the idea. It's a spell like to make your brain fixed into what, um, a better future for everybody. Yeah. Did you say someone texted you? Yeah, Alfie. Can you put my green jumper on charge, please, when you get home? Did he? Yeah. This is a bit that is really rubbish, shit, so we thought that we would make it larger. Dan has a son who's a good for nothing bum, and he's texting that with my charge. <laughs> a regular feature there, Dad, where's my charger? Unfortunately, I've got a new phone which doesn't have the same charger as them, so I'm not going to be using their charger soon, unless I get annoyed with this stupid phone because it's bigger. Who knows? Phones, phones, they're stupid. I don't know what to do with them. They're just crazy. Yeah, get your phone out and throw it in, a, a in the ditch. A wall. And then kick it in a ditch. Kick it up the ditch. Oh, I'm going to keep mine, though. I've got to take some photographs. That's what it's for. It's very gross. You know your last song that you picked? Is that uh, a radio in it? What of? Uh, they don't have swearing in them, do they? God. Do you think I'd let swearing go on the radios? I fucking wouldn't. <laughs> the sh- I'd come out of my mouth. The anchors <laughs> come out here and fucking do all this... Ch- I can't believe all the swearing that comes out of not my mouth. See? Yeah, but is there a radio edit? That is Good the dump button there. That works well, that did. Whew, it's so quick on your fingers. I oh, found it. So, we've got so a few what? minutes left, and then we're going to play a song to go, and I'm going to go home to bed. So, what I suppose, what I'd like to say is that the unimaginable happened to me recently. Can I have a bit of sound bed just to waver us into the last song to say goodnight to? Uh. Yeah, could sound better. Thorough my voice into something. <clears throat> okay. World. A world. Let's build a world. Let's build a world in this night. We're all in some world right now, but in a bit, we're going to have a different world. Don't knock your voice. I can't. I've got. I've put my laptop down. Well, now. you have to get your phone out and do something proper. Because no, I've set this up. Oh, you're crazy. Come on, sound bed. Oh, Jesus. You'll Christ. find something. Oh, I hope, hope the battery don't die. It won't. If it does, who cares? Right. We're all going to die. We've all got a battery in us. What do we die? Well, who knows? I don't know. 
Someone might know. There's a man out there with a beard who's got the answers. I'm sure that one. But I haven't met him. Maybe you will. I don't know. You might meet... I don't know. Maybe someone that gives you some advice that's helpful. Who knows what it's going to do when you find out some stuff. You know, your brain could swizzle around and left, right, centre. Get a new idea about something. You still be wrong. Because how can you explain all this stuff? I don't even know what we are. We're just eyeballs that have a mouth that says stuff. Looks around, doesn't it? A little chattery teeth. I do, I do these googly eyes. They're like a camera. Move your head left and right. And you feel your teeth. That's what you are with some octopus arms and legs. Weird. And it walks on the ground. Has to sort of stick to the floor. And it has to put stuff in its body to turn into poo. Has to do a lot of that. And we build things to take pipes away for poo poos. That's what we do. We're, we're like, we can fly aeroplanes. We can take off the ground. said the race to be a human it's weird and then you have to like have other uh, people like you the octopus eyeball chattery teeth things that flow around but you never see yourself as one of those you're completely separate because you're just the face with the camera and all of them are just like the strange octopus that hits fit, fit, uh, stick to the floor and have to wear around and they have to get these paper things and these numbers and, and a digital display that um, it's called your bank and that decides how much things you can do and um, you'll have to decide how much brain power you got in order to get through um, this place you go to where you sit down in chairs and they, they make you look at books and then when you get through that they give you a, a letter or a number and that decides what kind of things you can do later on it's, you're all numbered and lettered straight away you, you have to fail you have to succeed it's all a lot of work and then um, after that you kind of have to go into this world where you have to sort of work with, with strangers and do things you don't really think are normal for yourself and then you get in a repetitive pattern where you do things every day and you sit in the same chairs and look at the same things and you have to do the same stuff all the time these things happen and then you have a dream and you have hope and you might kind of decide to do something or find out what happened you outside of all this and then that might turn into something better that you could do full time and then full time you become happier you decrease the monotony you know, you have more you have to make a decision do you cut your losses and stick to the plan or do you cut away all the vines, all the nets, you cut away all the strings and ropes, everything that's bound you, and you sort of sever that and you fall freely and just go full felt, felt, full pelt. this insane dedication that you can't fail because you have to keep going from wood and, th- and taking every moment and every second to sort of put yourself into that moment that's going to take you somewhere that you need to go you have to fight for your life it's literally fighting for your life because if you don't get this pathway you're going to be stuck in something you don't want to do forever and to be stuck in something you don't want to do forever is hell and hell is maybe the concept that you have on earth it's not a thing that goes time has passed and a lot of time has passed and when the time's passed that you kind of can't get that back and then you see what's ahead of you and it's yeah you take it down into mathematics and you cut it into quarters cakes and slices that you eat and most of that cake's been eaten and then you think what's left is it starvation and after starvation you anyway bye-bye. guess what 
Oh, it's yeah. the end of the show. Oh, good yeah. night, everybody. Help. Muggy Boneheads. I had a good time. Be Party kind. on. Woo! Dreams come true. Be yes! I like it. Be nice. And you. Not night. <laughs>